Basketball fans, appreciate you guys for uh, coming back in with me. Really appreciate it. Uh, as you know, per usual, what this is, unless you've been living under a rock, the best, the most entertaining, the most uh, 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 educational, informational, multi-level basketball content that I provide you guys with uh, in the form of a uh, podcast, that being Tate's Take. Let me let, let you know right now where you can find that at anywhere you find your favorite podcast, that being iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And be sure to follow along also on social media at Tate's Take Hoops. That is T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Now, um, I know it's been a little while since we've done this, but everybody's been looking forward to the college basketball stuff. Uh, now that the season is getting ready to tip back off, we hope. Uh, and I want to let you know that I did bring in a special, special, special guest with me here on today. That would be nobody, none other than, uh, than Tom Noy, reporter and journalist for South Bend Tribune. Follow him on social media, on Twitter at T Noy N D I that is at T N O I E N D I Tom, how you doing brother? Outstanding. Like, and, and I do have to admit, I've been one of those that's been living under a rock, but it's been a Notre Dame football rock. Like, I have to cover Notre Dame football for August, September, October, a little bit in November. But once okay. like mid-November comes rolling around, I tell my boss, you know what? Pull back on the Notre Dame football a little bit, even though they're second ranked <laughs> in the country, because I'm ready to start year 23 oh my covering goodness. Notre Dame men's basketball. Oh, my goodness. And then I was taking a little bit uh, of a look at your bio. Have you been at uh, the Tribune since 92? I have been with the South Bend Tribune since 1992, 23 years covering Notre Dame men's basketball. The first four or five, I covered Notre Dame football for us. So I've been all over the place. I've been back and forth with Notre Dame football, Notre Dame basketball, 15 years in the Big East, the last eight in the ACC. So it's like I get the best of both worlds. I spent 15 years going to Madison Square Garden. Now I've spent the last eight going to Cameron Indoor. Not a bad gig. <laughs> I know that's right. Uh, Cameron Indoor, probably much like a lot of other people, uh, very, very high on, on my list. I've covered probably five consecutive Final Fours. Was looking forward to it coming down to Atlanta this year. Uh, and unfortunately, unfortunate set of circumstances. Obviously, that didn't happen. So I'm still keeping my fingers crossed as well on getting to Cameron Indoor to that venue and um, been to Madison Square Garden for the first time around this time last year for the Champions Classic. So uh, I, don't tell anybody that you uh, that I had tears in my eyes just thinking about all the historic events that took place. And I want to get into uh, talking about Notre Dame, obviously, mm -hmm. and that's why you're here. Um, I want to pull this up first because I was wondering what in the world was head coach Mike Bray thinking <laughs> when uh, when he put this schedule together. And I'm not even sure that it's completely finished just yet. At number 13, Michigan State uh, versus Tennessee at home, I believe. Um, uh, a home game as well against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. uh, Kentucky as well. Uh, then you got at Purdue and at Howard, uh, which – might be a shock to some people, but that's not the usual Howard. That that looks a little bit of different now with McCurr Maker. What was going through? What, what was the process with all of this and why he wanted to do it? Because it seems like he's ready to go with this group. It started off way back when this whole thing got wacky in the springtime when they decided he when it was uh, when they were in quarantine, the mm. campus was shut down. He couldn't even get into the practice facility. His key card. Everything was wiped out. So it was like, what am I doing? He went to Florida. 
His son is the head football coach at IMG Academy. So he went to Florida, kind of hanging out at the beach, said, okay, I'll stay for one week. One week turned into two. Then it turned into three. Then it turned into four. And he's kind of sitting there, and it was it was almost like he was recharged coming off of last season's near disaster when they finished 20-12. and 12. So it's like, what are, what, what are we going to do this year? He started thinking about this year's team like he's got a good core coming back. He's got a veteran mix. They're finally older. So he calls up John Calipari and says, hey, Cal, what do you think about starting the series? You know, and and if if Mike Bray didn't like this basketball team and didn't think that they were going to be good, there's no way he's either making a call to John Calipari or taking a call from John Calipari. So he's like, we're going to be pretty good. I, I want to play Kentucky. Like, let's go to Rupp Arena. Sure. He felt so bad that COVID wiped out the, a possible trip to the NIT. And look, last year, this team needed to go to the NIT. It was mm-hmm. an NCAA tournament team. And coming mm-hmm. up three and fifteen the previous year, he was cool with that. So he felt bad that he couldn't be around his guys. They didn't have summer school. They didn't have anything that they would normally have. So what he wanted to do was to like dangle this carrot in front <laughs> of the basketball team. Like, hey, look, we're in quarantine. Everybody's at home. It's tough to find a gym. It's tough to find a workout. But let's keep this in mind. How about if when you come back to school in the fall? that we go and, and we hop on our, our charter flight and we go to Kentucky and play in Rupp Arena. How about that? So that got, that got his guys going a little bit. So it started with that. And the more Mike Bray was thinking, he's thinking, you know what? I have no idea what this, this season is going to be like. Like, why are we going to play? Are there going to be cancellations? The football team all already had one game with Wake Forest. They were supposed to play in September. That got pushed back to December because of the COVID outbreak over on campus. So he started thinking, there's no game. Like, like you start thinking in November, if you're a college basketball coach, you're thinking one thing. How do I get my team to March Madness? Mm-hmm. How do I get back to the NCAA tournament where, where Notre Dame hasn't been in three years? That should have been Mike Bray's biggest concern. But the more he thought about it, the more he thought, I don't know if we're going to play 27 games, if we're no. going to play 20 games. I've heard uh, people over at Notre Dame say they'll be fortunate if they get 15 games in. So Mike Bray was thinking, okay, if it's going to be this wacky where Mm. we don't know what's going to happen. Let's beef it up. Absolutely. He said, (laughs) let's just go for it. Like taking calls from Rick Barnes. Let's play Rick Barnes. Let's play Tennessee. Mm. uh, He he and Tom Izzo are real close. And and Mike Bray said, where can we go to get get a quality opponent you know, it's probably going to be a night game up at Breslin Center, so we can have our pregame meal over on campus, hop on a bus, take an interstate two hours north, mm-hmm. get off the bus, go to the gym, play a game, get right back on the bus and go home. And, and Tom Izzo's like, come on up. We'll play it. Yeah. So Notre Dame's yeah. open against Michigan State on November 28th. It's the craziest schedule Mike Bray's played, and he's the first to admit when, when, he, kept, when he kept letting me know, <laughs> We're playing this game. We're playing this game. Hey, by the way, we, I think it was a week ago today when he said, by the way, we got something going with Tennessee on December 4th. I said, are you just absolutely freaking nuts with this schedule? Sure. He goes, yep. check back with me at Christmas because <laughs> I, I very well might be. So that's how that whole, whole thing came together. Yeah, we'll know a whole lot more about where that team is at. And you know what? It's funny you say that. And I was smiling ear to ear because you could probably see over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, I- I'm a Spartan my own self. So I'm a little uh, feeling my own way, a little bit in my feelings and licking my wounds a little bit that I won't be able to attend that game. 
Uh, so while that's disappointing, it just kind of reminds me of how typically Tom Izzo kind of schedules uh, a lot of his teams early in the year so they'll know where they're at by a certain point and get ready for March and so on and so forth. So uh, that's what that kind of reminds me of more than anything. Tom Noy with us, reporter and journalist from the South Bend Tribune. Uh, make sure that you go and give him a follow on Twitter and some of the outstanding work that he's put together. And also I had the opportunity to pick up uh, finally came mailed in blue ribbon, my college basketball yearbook. And I was taking a look through this and I'm like, I've already been talking to this guy. I mean, it was the the most amazing content. I'm not just saying that because it was you, because guess what? I didn't even know it was you till I got to the end of it. Uh, and I just thought that that was awesome. And so I really wanted to let you know as to how much I enjoyed that. I want to talk about, uh next some of the uh players on this particular roster because we know about how much they are losing uh mm -hmm. losing tj gibbs losing uh john mooney who was really big for them a double double machine uh to an extent reminds me of who was his name luke luke heron goatee luke heron kind of in that <laughs> similar kind of you know role or whatnot um and, and rex fluger who i thought was uh, uh obviously some injury issues but i thought mm -hmm. that he was very underappreciated not necessarily by teammates but by a lot of people who paid attention to college basketball and who they bring back is one guy i talked to uh when i was in school when i was in high school in michigan believe it or not tom um i played saginaw buena vista uh and played up against tory jackson for yeah. sure I think he was a sophomore and I was a senior at the time. I talked to him a little bit. We had some conversations about Prentice Hub. He said that mm -hmm. this guy's special. Give me an overall take. Like, is that, does he have the keys to the city at this point? Is this his team? Well, it was his team toward the end of last year. Like Mike Bray likes to say, you know, he, he likes to draw comparisons, get guys going, get guys fired up about playing. And he went to Prentice Hub late January, early February, when the Kansas City Chiefs were making their run to the Super Bowl. And he said, Prentice, you see this guy, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes? He said, you are my Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, you have the keys to everything. You're sure. driving this car. You're leading us. And that really that really got – that got Prentice Hub, like, thinking, yeah, this this kind of is my team. Like, like oh. it, I can be the guy. I can be a Jaron Grant type of guy mm -hmm. for the Notre Dame basketball team. I can be a Demetrius Jackson. So mm -hmm. everything starts – continues finishes with Prentice hub as the point guard. And I think he's really been, he's been a guy where freshman year, it was a little rough, but it was a little rough for all of those guys. Sure. Sophomore year, still a little shaky, but I love Prentice hub because what he does for this basketball program, one thing that they really, really need and mm -hmm. haven't had since the, the elite eight back-to-back -back runs in 15 and 16. And that's swagger like Prentice hub, He's okay. He's like he's a really good player at home. Mm -hmm. But what he loves to do is go out on the road, Deshaun, in the ACC in buildings like Cameron yep. or the Dean Dome at Chapel mm -hmm. Hill or you know Virginia mm -hmm. and uh, the Yum Center down in Louisville. And mm -hmm. the more teams and the more fans get on him and yell at him and <laughs> they're, they're 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 yelling this and they're doing that. He turns it up. He turns it. It goes up. Like he and he and Joe Girard last year. Going back and forth, knocking down threes. Left I remember right. that. I remember that. That was one of the greatest, get one of the great early what? season games last they're year. Kind of they're kind of yapping and yeah, yeah. They're they're like like Joe Girard. He he's hitting from forty feet. Oh yeah, Prentice Hub is going to come back and he's knocking down threes. So I, I love the swagger that he gives this team because a lot of the guys on this team, whether it's Juwan Durham, Dane Goodwin, Nate Lashevsky, 
they're really good guys, but they're mm-hmm. quiet guys. Sure. So Prentice Hub, man, if you're going to succeed in the ACC, you need that swagger, and they get a lot of that from number three. Yeah, he can definitely kind of get into it. I mean, he's one of the more balanced players specifically within the ACC and maybe even the country mm-hmm. who can, you know, give you some buckets, obviously, on the offensive end and on the defensive end. He can really, really – he's kind of – he's really grimy and really gritty uh, yeah. in that role. And, and and I personally, I tend to love uh, players that are like that. Who would you say, Tom, is uh, maybe the player on the roster that maybe nobody's really talking about maybe enough. You you had your eye on them maybe a little bit last year, and they could kind of have somewhat of a breakout season and a major impact uh, for this team's success this year. Easy answer, Deshaun, and it's Cormac Ryan, a transfer from Stanford, was a top 100 guy coming out of high school. When it came down for him to make his college decision a couple of years ago, it was Stanford and it was Notre Dame. And so he chooses Stanford, goes out to the West Coast. He's an East Coast kid, grew up in New York City, lives in Boston right now, lives basically right down the street from Chest from Boston College in Chestnut Hill. So he decided to transfer a couple of years ago, and it was like a no-brainer. <laughs> of he course. was at the top of the list. He knew Mike Bray. He knew the program. And, it, and he also played for the same AAU program as Pat Connaughton, the Middlesex Magic out in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So their AAU coach is really connected to the program. And he was a guy last year. You know how you, when you when you transfer and you're coming to a new program, you see, you have to sit out that year. You're not playing in games. Your practices are your games. And he and TJ Gibbs almost on a routine basis. And Mike Bray loved this. They almost came to fit. They almost threw fists in practice. Oh, really? Because Cormac Ryan, like he'll get up in you. He'll guard you. He'll compete. He'll battle you. And when it came time to games. He's sitting over there at the end of the bench in street clothes, but he was like the biggest cheerleader guy that was into the game. He's he's sure. pulling guys aside, telling them this and telling them that. Not a lot of pub going out, going around Cormac Ryan this year, but Mike Bray likes to compare Cormac Ryan as a combination of three guys that he's coached in this program. Steve Astoria, a four-year guy. Mm-hmm. Chris Quinn, a four-year guy, now the lead assistant with the Miami Heat. And, oh, by the way, 2010, 2011, Biggie's player of the year in Ben Hansborough. So he's a combination of all those three. Wow. He plays like any of those three guys. Notre Dame's going to have a really good year. You know, it's funny that you say that and mention that again, and I'm not trying to turn this into a Michigan State podcast, but it appears <laughs> by looking at the physicality and the practices and some of the guys that he recruits, uh, it, it seems like it's much like some of those, you know, really physical and gritty uh, practices. And it's always good to have guys like Cormac Ryan. You're talking about Cormac Ryan alone to go along with Prentice Hub, just that type of mentality mm-hmm. uh, is something that I personally, I, I absolutely love. And, you know, when you're talking about a guy like Mike Bray, I just, I've always been under the impression, I don't know what it's like for other people on the outside, but mm-hmm. just sitting back uh, from the outside looking in, one of the most, I feel like underappreciated, underrated coaches all the time. I feel like he he gets more with less every single year or every other year but for the most part so often that it feels like every other year uh i absolutely love it how do you uh kind of uh expect for mike bray to capitalize i think they went on like a uh the the last what 13 games or whatever went nine and four uh how do you expect for them to capitalize on that with this particular group i think mike bray saw signs of this thing turning last year in january and it's, I always remember the day for obvious reasons because it was the day before the helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant. Late January, Tallahassee, Florida, a late game 
at the Donald Tucker Center against nationally ranked Florida State. Notre Dame doesn't get a couple calls go their way. They, they, they mismanage the clock. They quick shoot it. They can't find it. They lose at the buzzer. They fall to two and six. Mike Bray postgame. Now, Mike Bray likes to fashion himself as the loosest coach in America. And, hey, <laughs> everybody love, would love to play for me because I'm just – I love him. I'm having fun. But you know what? Inside, man, I'm sure his stomach's turning. It's churning. He's he 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 want he's got that fire in his belly. He wants to win. So they're two and six, and post game he just absolutely loses it. Like I'm the most laid back guy. Not that night. He's he goes off on the referees, uh, calls out John Gaffney for not making a call, calls out the ACC saying, you know what? Don't treat us like the ugly stepchild because we don't bring football into the league. So he really just lit everybody up. <laughs> And it cost them 20 grand. So after that, they're two and six. And you're thinking, you know what? This could be the beginning of the end for Mike Bray at Notre Dame in South Bend. He it'll it had been 20 years since he'd been here. The previous year, injuries, inconsistency, ineffectiveness. They go three and fifteen in the league. They finish last. And you're thinking they're gonna piggyback three and fifteen on a two and six start. I don't see how Mike Bray survives this. Like, mm -hmm. I think he's just going to say, you know what? Forget it. Mm -hmm. But after going two and six in the league, they go, I think, eight and four to finish 10 and 10. And when mm -hmm. they when they won those eight games, Mike Bray saw signs from this junior class that, okay, now I know why. Now I can see why it was the highest rated recruiting class that I've had. A lot of, a lot of people put, put them as a top 15 recruiting class. So Mike Bray saw coming out of Tallahassee and the way they were able to bounce back, Prentice Hub takes more of a leadership role. Nate Leshevsky grows up. Dane Goodwin grows up. I know I've got Cormac Ryan sitting on the bench. That's going to be a 35-minute guy the minute he gets eligible. Mike Bray likes this team, and it, I, it, was, it almost rejuvenated him. Like, okay, now we're going to make our run. Because ever since that, and it's funny, because ever since that last trip to East Lansing, Mm -hmm. at Breslin Center in mm -hmm. 2017. This program has been absolutely snake bit by bad injuries. Like mm -hmm. they lose Bonzi Colson. Bonzi Colson yeah. was a first team lock. Yeah. All ACC maybe I remember. the year. Maybe a first, maybe a first round NBA draft pick. Mm -hmm. That night against Michigan State a couple years ago. I remember he started feeling the, the pain in the foot. So he he broke his foot. They were ranked fifth in the country the last time they mm -hmm. went to Michigan State. So Mike Bray, I think. Again, he's liking this team to say, you know what? We're going to play Michigan State. We're going to play mm -hmm. Kentucky because I feel like it's going to turn around and we're going to finally be old again like some of my old teams were that where they went to the, the, the Elite Eight. Mm -hmm. It's funny you even mentioned that, man. It's crazy because I'm just sitting back thinking when, when you say something about Mike Brain that maybe even potentially like just fathoming the thought of not being at Notre Dame, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense to me, you know, and I understand from a business standpoint and all that good stuff, but it just doesn't really feel like Notre Dame. I mean, we're talking what, 20, 21 years at this point. I mean, it just doesn't even seem right to me. Um, and, and I've always been the person that said, and granted, I mean, he's a little up there in age and so forth. And who knows when K is going to get out of town, but I've just always been the person that thought that he would have been the perfect. No, don't say no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to say it too loud, but that's just always been my thing. And it's also not that a lot of coach K's, uh, 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 guys that came under his tree has been the most successful even, mm -hmm. uh, outside of Mike Bray. Um, let me ask you this, and, and I'm not trying to hold you for too long. No, um, 
what are what are what would you say uh, that the realistic expectations are for this group for you your expectations or 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 even if it's different the fan base's uh, expectations. Uh, the fan base expectation is unrealistic in my point. Uh, like it, it, as far as I'm concerned, they think it should be they should go to the Final Four. They should go to the Elite Eight. Now, my baseline expectation every year, at least make the NCAA tournament. I know this year is going to be hard given the schedule, given the league schedule. Like we talk a lot, we, we talked a lot about the non-conference schedule. They've got as their repeat opponents, they're going to play Duke twice. They're mm -hmm. going to play Virginia twice. They're going to play Miami twice. They've got to go to Louisville. They've got to go to uh, uh, North Carolina, and then they get Florida State here. So the ACC is not going to be a cakewalk. But I think if you're as established as you are, as as this program has been in the ACC, at least make the NCAA tournament. And I think mm -hmm. Notre Dame Notre Dame fans as a whole kind of see what the football team does. Like they're ranked second. They may go to the college football playoff for the second time in three years. Mm -hmm. And they think the basketball program should do the same thing. And it just doesn't work that way. Like the guys that a Michigan State or a Duke or a Carolina get, they're not the same type of guys that come to Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame guys come here for the entire academic athletic experience. They're just not playing hoops. They're not just coming here for a year or two and heading off to the NBA. Like mm -hmm. they're four-year guys. One of the reasons Notre Dame got Trey Wirtz, who was a transfer from Santa Clara, was he was interested in getting a graduate degree in the business school. Like you, you, you just wow. – you, you don't get you, you don't, don't get transfers – Mm -hmm. they, they come through a school and say, hey, I'm interested in your school and I want to play hoops. Right. But the business program. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, finish finishing the top half of the ACC. I'm not saying go go top four because the top four are always going to be Duke, Carolina, Virginia and Louisville or Duke, Carolina, Virginia and Florida State. So mm -hmm. those four are always usually pretty set at the top. But if you can finish in the top half of the ACC, and make the NCAA tournament every single year, you got a pretty good thing rolling in South Bend. I think I've only got probably about two, maybe three. I think the third one would be a quick question. Uh, this one a little bit longer. If you assume that Prentice Hub is probably going to be the primary uh, ball handler for this team, we know about how he gets after it, you know, uh, aggressively on the defensive end. He's fearless. He's assertive. He likes to attack and execute and all those good things. Who would you say is his reliever for this year to kind of give him a breather? Uh, who, because they kind of seem like they appear to be kind of thin in that particular mm -hmm. area. Uh, who would you say would be the guy to, that that would come in and, and maybe uh, uh, send him to the bench, let him get a cold drink of water and a Gatorade towel before he checks back in? Nobody, nobody. Like you're you're going you're going thirty eight minutes a night. There were times earlier in Mike Bray's career when he had guards like Chris Quinn and Chris Thomas. Chris Thomas, when he was a freshman, either freshman, sophomore year, he and they had played that was the year they played so many overtime games in league play in the Big East. Chris Thomas averaged mm -hmm. over 40 minutes a game. Like he played like 41.5 minutes a game. So average came out. So he he was like that. Uh Chris Quinn was like that. Jaron Grant was like that. Like, like if if Prentice Hub gets in foul trouble or needs a break, he can go to the bench. Cormac Ryan will be, become the primary handler. But this is a very thin team. They have only nine scholarship players available as we sit here on November 12th or November 11th because Elijah Taylor, freshman, gone for the year, ankle surgery. Robbie Carmody, a guard from Pittsburgh, Gatorade player of the year coming out of high school. 
He's had a torn labrum, a torn ACL, and now a, a busted kneecap. He's right now, Robbie Comerty, seriously, is on a seven-year plan with all the eligibility that he has. So they've got nine available guys. It's going to be by committee if, if Prentice Hub can't go, but it's going to be Prentice Hub, Dane Goodwin, uh, Cormac Ryan for long stretches on the perimeter in the backcourt. You know what? And since you took one of my uh, ideas, I guess I was thinking about, uh, you know, first of all, you mentioned so many good players and people might if you're not really that close to the game or close to the program, the institution, whatever, what have you, you may not. Some of these might not come off and be eye popping to you. But when you're naming guys like Basturia and, mm -hmm. and, and Chris Quinn and probably my favorite only not saying he's the best player, but my favorite player right. uh, probably through there is Chris Thomas for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's another one I'm thinking of, uh, who was just there, what, two years ago. So not last year, but the year before last point guard, Demetrius Jackson, uh-uh, um, Caucasian point guard, Pat Connaughton, not a point guard. Mm -mm. Maybe it was Vasteria. I think that that I, I think that it was probably two years ago, Vasteria. So pardon me on that, but I mean that just goes to show so many really really good players. Like I said back before, Luke Heron Goldy. I mean, there's been some really really good players that have come through this program, and I think that you know I don't I, Notre Dame is just one of those programs I just never really thought gets enough credit along with the coach because they're always pretty much successful for the most part. My last question to you is. How would you, and I've always kind of been curious of this, being from Michigan but not spent too much time up in Indiana, mm -hmm. how do you describe Indiana basketball? Like just <laughs> between high school, the collegiate level, or I mean, Pacers, okay, sure. But just between that whole realm, everything in between, how do you describe Indiana basketball to people? Because it's just, it's, it's so different. I'm in Atlanta, you know, and it's football crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's like where it's like Indiana, basketball lives here, like, how do you how do you tell a person what how what to expect in terms of basketball and regarding to that when they come to Indiana? It's not a sport. It's an absolute way of life. Like <laughs> nonstop. We've been in this pandemic since March, and I have not played one game of pickup since March, and I'm going absolutely crazy. Like usually in the summertime, I'm 52, and we've got a group of guys in our church league, maybe 10, 15 guys. We'll go out to a, a local school. In the summertime, it doesn't matter if it's 90 degrees, it's hot, it's humid, there's no breeze. Man, we're out there for two, three hours playing pickup. These wow. guys have it. Those the same church league guys had a text chain going for the last six weeks, last two, three weeks. Now it's it's almost it's mid over like Thanksgiving's in two weeks. These guys were still playing outside in November just because they needed to get their runs in. And when it get get gets dark, like it's up here when you come up here. And with the time zone, time zone and everything, it's mm -hmm. dark by 5.15. Yep. They're trying to figure out how to put car lights and LED yep. lights around the court. Like it's <laughs> basketball in Indiana, it's it's just a religion. Like you you got you have to play it. If I can get outside and shoot for 15, 20 minutes every <laughs> other day, if I can get, go get a run in at the church, at the school, it's just something where it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how well you play doesn't matter what team you follow. Like you've got Michigan State fans, IU fans, Purdue, Notre Dame. People here just love their basketball, and, and, and they appreciate good basketball. Mm -hmm. Like they know the game, and that makes that makes what's the, one of the aspects that makes my job so enjoyable is 
you have fans that are knowledgeable. Like they're going to be asking me about a set that Mike Bray ran or <laughs> a substitution pattern. They, they're not just concerned about who's winning the game. So mm-hmm. Indiana basketball, basketball, there's just nothing like it up here. I love it. And being down here in Atlanta, I mean, you're just you what you just did is you just took me back home for a second because so much of that is so similar in Michigan uh, to where I'm from. And like you said, pulling up the car, I I was going to say to you where I'm from, what we did is when it get dark, somebody was coming up who was old enough at that time to even have probably took his mom's car and put it up to the blacktop and pulled the the brights out so that we could see and be able to play. But you took the words right out of my mouth that I wasn't even expecting it. That is Indiana basketball. Nothing like a brand, nothing like nothing better than just a good brand of just Midwest basketball and just everything that goes into it. I love it. Um, Tom, one, 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 last, one last quick Absolutely. note on Indiana basketball. I know you got to run, but no, when, no, no. When, Take the, your time. when the pandemic started and, and they, they shut everything down, the, the, the school districts and the park districts around this area went, went around and took all the rims off every basketball court because they didn't want people to come outside. This is how crazy my, my, my hoop group is. We had guys that w- were going to go outside and tried to go back out to the courts that we play at and weld n- rims into the backboards <laughs> so we could play in April, May, June. And the, and the, the, the school, the janitors at the school were coming out and they were like, no, no, you cannot play here. So we were, we, we were off the courts like all summer. But that's how crazy people are here. They're like, yeah. pandemic, it doesn't matter. Let's yeah. just weld a couple of rims, roll a ball out, and the first one to 21, let's go. Down here, they say, don't mess with our SEC football (laughs) and a lot of pretty much every place in the country. They, you know, everything gets crazy. Don't mess with our election, whether it's red or blue and this and that. Don't mess with our rims on the blacktop. Don't, don't, don't. We will weld them. You will not be able to get these things off here. Tom Noy, a reporter and journalist from the South Bend Tribune. Make sure you go and follow this man does excellent, excellent work um, and just does a phenomenal job all the way around. Give him a follow on social media on Twitter at TNOYNDI. That is at TNOY, T-N-O-I-E-N-D-I. Uh, make sure you go ahead and give him a follow. Tom, thank you so much for coming on with me tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully at some point throughout the duration of the season or something, maybe I can get you to come back and join us. And if I'm up in your neck of the woods, I, I can, I can get down with a little bit of pickup. I can do a little bit of five on five or some three on three. If I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm welcome. Maybe. What do you mean? Maybe I'm coming <laughs> back. We're talking hoops. This is a one shot deal, my man. Get Thank me anytime. You, Hit me anytime. We'll talk ball. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Tom. You got it. That was um, Tom Noy. Appreciate him for coming on, man. He gave us some excellent stuff um, and just kind of took me back home for a second. I was really happy about that. And it just put a big, huge smile on my face. And I was just thankful to be able to bring him on as a guest, talking about some Notre Dame basketball, talking about um, the head coach and Mike Bray and um, and just everything across the landscape of what's happening there in um in in basketball country in the state of indiana and i thought that it was great and i appreciate you guys uh for joining me here on the night uh gonna get ready to watch some some high school basketball imani bates uh some of the best talent in the country uh chet holmgren uh Bronny james is gonna be coming on later tonight who else am i forgetting mikey williams is coming on oak hill 
it's 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 some pretty good. Oh, Jaden Hardy. That's a name that you guys want to keep in mind and you want to remember. So if you're watching right now and it's live, this whole thing's gonna go up. Um, make sure that you check that out starting, I think, here in uh probably about an hour or so, around seven, seven thirty. Uh, you got some really, really good, talented high school basketball. And I'm going to have my pen and my notepad and everything like that out to be able to take some notes uh, and just kind of bask in my glory of being able to have basketball tipping off again. Appreciate you guys for joining me. Remember, share this with a friend, share it with your family, a, co a colleague, uh, an enemy, a mo your mom, your grandma, uh, a little bit of everybody and uh, let them know where you can find the best, the most entertaining, the most educational and the most informational uh, basketball content in the form of a podcast. Uh, and you can find that anywhere you find your favorite podcast, that being um, on uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle. So if you got uh, if, you, if, if, if you have the uh, the 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 Apple products, but you don't have the Android, no excuses for you or vice versa. Uh, same thing as well. So I'm just thankful to have you guys back with me to have basketball back once again for however long that that might be. Um, and just uh, really looking forward to all of it. So I really appreciate you guys for joining me and looking forward to uh, talking to you guys again. We got some really, we got Rashad Phillips. I think Rashad Phillips is tomorrow, uh, a, 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 uh, a talent expert, a draft expert, really has an eye for talent. Um, we got next week, Ken Segura on Monday uh, that's going to be joining us talking about Georgia Tech. Uh, as well. So we've got good, we've got good high school, NBA stuff. Oh, it's going crazy. It's ridiculous. So make sure you keep your eyes and your ears open for that. Appreciate you. And remember streaming live on YouTube as well as Facebook. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of the show and for your comments and everything and so forth. I think I want to give my buddy here a shout out because he always comes through and shows some love. Uh, Todd Quarter, who I uh, talk to relatively often, I'm going to be joining him as well. Appreciate him for uh, coming on, um, as well and, and showing a little bit of love and also, uh, controversy, Raphael appreciate him for coming on with me as well. So really looking forward, uh, to, um, a little bit more of you guys's, um, uh, contribution to the show. And I really appreciate those of you who have already, uh, subscribed those of you who are uh, getting ready to do it uh, here in the near future. Uh, and uh, everything all across the board and make sure that you share it with a friend. So until the next time uh, where you never know who you're going to get right here on Tate's Take the Podcast, who's going to be a guest, who's going to be joining us next. Till next time, I'll see you on the back end in a minute.